0: We good? Good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. Man, Don was right. Energy in the house. It's a good day today. It's a good day. So I know what you guys are probably thinking right now. Wow. Pastor Nick grew hair. I am not Pastor Nick. I am uh, the pastoral intern here, Jake. I've been here for about three and a half months. I'm excited to walk through Nehemiah chapter 4 with you. If you guys, uh, we got to dive in. We got a lot of work to do, a lot of reading to do today. Um, you can turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 4. I'll give a couple seconds for the Christians to turn in their Bibles. Everyone else, you should already be there on your phones. Um, I don't even have a Bible. It's on paper, so. Um, all right, verse 1. Now, when Sambalah heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. He said, yeah, what are they building? If a fox goes up on it, he'll break down their stone wall. Nehemiah, Nehemiah starts his prayer. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. But when Sambalon Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward, And that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There's too much rubble. We ourselves, uh, by ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemy said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions behind the wall in open places, um, in all directions, excuse me, they will not see or until we come and kill them and stop the work. Verse 12, at that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us, 10 times, you must return to us. So in the lowest parts of the space and behind the wall in open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And The leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried the burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me, and I said to the nobles and to the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall, far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work, and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. So neither I, nor my brothers, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes, each kept his weapon at his right hand. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you just for another day, another day where we can come together and uh, unite and worship you. We praise you for what you've done in our lives, Lord. We praise you for how faithful uh, you've been to us, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me uh, this morning, Lord. I pray that all eyes would be fixed on you, reigning from your throne and not on me. May all eyes be fixed on you, Lord. You are worthy of it all. Everything we have, we lay at your feet, our mighty, mighty king. We bless your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, uh, what did Pastor Nick go through? We went through Nehemiah chapter 2, I believe it was verse 17, through pretty much all of uh, chapter 3, and real Sparknotes version, recap, what were we talking about? What did Nick talk about? The people bought into the plan. The people bought into the plan. Nehemiah pitches because um, we know from previous chapters he has this burden on his heart to, to build the wall that has been destroyed. And uh, until this point, we haven't had buy-in fully, and uh, we see in, in verses uh, 17 and 18 of chapter 2, the people buy in. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we're in, how Jerusalem lies in its ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. And also for the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. Let us rise up and build. So it's not just Nehemiah saying, all right, guys, let, let's, let's get it going. This is now collective buy-in. Everyone, everyone's in. And meanwhile, the people are still dealing with uh, opposition from the enemy. They're, uh, as Nick talked about last week, the three stooges um, opposing the work of God. And in this chapter, we're going to see two of the stooges. Uh, Sambalot and Tobiah, who um, will dive in of, of their method of attack. Uh, but the people bought in, and the mission was worth the potential cost that they were going to go through. Um, so very exciting. And, and also, if you remember from last week, um, as they set out to build the wall, next line was, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. One person. All right, good. You get an A. You can leave now if you'd like. Um, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. So trusting his provision that he will provide and protect you as you step out in whatever that looks like in your own personal life. Um, and before we dive into to chapter 4, I want to do two kind of quick disclaimers, a little fine print that we need to go through. One, if you hear this from me, it's, it's not what I'm, I'm getting at. We're not preaching a prosperity gospel here in Nehemiah 4 in any means. We're not saying that, oh, if you just trust the Lord and, and everything will be rosy and, and your wall will be built, your wall will be built and there won't be any problems. We see in Scripture that's not true at all. It actually might be really tough. It might be really tough. But our shepherd walks alongside his people and protects and provides. Amen? Um, and then the, the last thing, uh, the last disclaimer I want to say is I, we're going to talk a little bit about the enemy because that's what the text gives us. It, they, talks about the enemy. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, the enemy. I don't, want, I don't want it to come across as um, we all want to stay away from being that person where anything goes wrong, you stub your toe, oh my gosh, the enemy, you know, the enemy, you go outside, you get bit by a mosquito, oh, the enemy's out, it's really oppressing me right now. And we don't, I personally don't want to go that far, but in, what I, in my own personal life, what I've found is I swing all the way to the other side where I'm not aware at all of what the enemy's doing and not on guard and trying to stand firm. So that's what I kind of want to talk about a little bit uh, today. So we see the first response, what the enemy does when God's people operate in his will. When God's people unite and labor unto him and work, you better believe the enemy is going to move. They're not going to just sit back and like, wow, they're really doing a good job. Let's let them do everything they need to do. They're going to oppose it. And we see that in, in the text um, pretty pretty fast. But I want us to be also encouraged because this opposition, the Jewish people could have easily said, man, where God has abandoned us. We have opposition. This, this isn't right. What's going on here? This doesn't make sense. And I would say be encouraged because the Jewish people were headed in the right direction. So if you in your life are feeling opposition or trials coming up or things not going smoothly or a little under attack, that actually might be a very good sign and to be encouraged and stand firm where you are where the Lord has you uh, because we see that the Jewish people stood firm and, um, and continued laboring unto the Lord. So we protect his provision for his people. Uh, the first attack we see, the method from the enemy, what do they do? Sambalot goes right after the identity of the Jewish people, right after the identity. Starts calling them weak and feeble, and what's his, what's his attempt here? What, the underlying root of his, his attack, what, what do we think he's trying to do? He's trying to get the Jewish people to come into agreement with that lie. And, and what the Jewish people would do was, all right, the enemy is saying weak and feeble, and now I think about it, you know what? I haven't been to Planet Fitness in like over a year. I am, I am pretty weak. I am pretty feeble. I can't do this and back off, and step out of the Lord's will, and uh, not, not trust him, and where he has you, um, so I would just say, because last week we also, Nick spoke on the perfumer, everyone has a different role, but they're all called to the wall to build, and it's, we're not looking into ourselves, we're looking at, unto the Lord, and how he can um, lead, and guide us uh, in the mission, to further his kingdom. So the, the enemy wants to attack our true identity in Christ, he wants to discourage us and have us remain in a defeated posture. One thing I would like for all of us to do, and, and I'll say this, this sermon was probably more for me than anyone in this room this week. I really needed this um, to, to study and, and figure out what, what the Lord wanted me to, to learn and also look my own personal life and, and how we can apply this to our lives is, where in your life have you come into agreement with the enemy that's not true, that's not what the Lord calls calls you to or speaks over you in his word. For example, maybe somebody's called you not smart and that's held you back from taking the next steps of going to school or doing X, Y, and Z, trusting um, and, and fighting off those, those attacks from the enemy with scripture. No, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. Um, so that, that's something that I would like for us to spend a little bit of time, maybe towards the end of the service, just to pray and, and ask the Lord, Lord, is there anywhere in my life that I'm I'm believing lies. I'm believing lies. Show me the truth. Uh, then Tobiah tags in verse 3. After Sambalup, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Yes, what are they building? If a fox goes on it, he will break down their stone wall. First of all, big mistake. It's not their stone wall. It's God's stone wall, so they are very wrong about that. And if it's God's wall, it's going to be built. Amen. And I want to kind of give a little bit of uh, an example so you can kind of see the picture, the setting of of what's taking place uh, here as Tobiah and Sambla are are chirping at God's people. Notice the line in verse 2. He said, "...in the presence of his brothers and the army of Samaria." So there's a huge crowd gathering. There's a huge crowd gathering. It's not like these two guys are off, like, just yelling from a distance in their tunic and, and thong sandals. No, like they have, there's a crowd with them and there's a little bit of momentum with that and, and probably a, a whole lot of intimidation as well. Um, so going even further to give you a better setting, better eye of what's going on, what, what's the environment like. While I was studying this text, some theologians had a great analogy. I'm going to use it as well and the, the analogy they use. so I'm just letting you know I'm stealing this analogy they use is uh, Friday Night SmackDown, WWE. I don't know if anyone's seen this ridiculousness on uh, the wrestling, worldwide wrestling, uh, was Federation. I don't know what it is now. Um, I wouldn't personally know anything about this. Uh, I've heard of things. I wouldn't maybe buy really good seats to a wrestling match and uh, buy a shirt as well of a guy I don't even know, but it looked cool. Um, But I did go, and it was amazing. It was hilarious. The crowd is crazy. Everyone's going nuts. Everything is a chance. And mind you, my wife and I went years ago before we had kids. Mind you, everyone around us, I think, was under the age of 12. Uh, <laughs> and what, what people try to do when they go to this, they try to dress up like their favorite wrestler. So at certain times, I'm like high-fiving a 12-year-old John Cena and all these things. Like, this is amazing. But what takes place when... Right before the match starts, right before they wrestle, there's kind of a, a back and forth with the mic, and they try to just basically call each other weak and feeble. Um, so there's, there, the first person will go and say all these things and, and chirp at the other person, and then it's the other person's turn. So now we see Sambala and Tobias speaking, and now Nehemiah gets the mic, and what does he do uh, in Verse 4. And Nehemiah and God's people give us a great example of how to respond to the enemy's schemes. His first response, again, prayer. That's his first response to tag in, tag in the Lord into the situation. And arguably, I would say the best tag teammate one could have in, in a situation, tag him in, go to him first, before any action's taken, uh, there's prayer. There's prayer. And we see that earlier in Nehemiah, of, there's weeping and prayer uh, before anything takes place. A lot of prayer. Um, so that's um, the the first example we see, and then he kind of drops the mic a little bit in verse six. They, mind you, they just were chirped at a whole bunch. He starts praying, and then the next line is, "Yeah, we built the wall," and then just goes on. So you understand, understand in verse seven why people would be the enemy would be mad. It's like, what are these people doing? They're they're still building this. Did they not hear us? They don't. They don't care. They don't. They aren't intimidated by us. So this enrages uh, the people the enemy, the opposition. And and God's people had a chance to do one of three things. Uh, The three F's for this analogy is fret about it, flee, or fight. And you could have fretted about it, complained, gossiped, tried to hurl insults back, take vengeance in their own hands. Uh, They could have fled, as Pastor Nick had preached weeks before. Uh, They could have been apathetic to the mission of like, you know what, actually, this isn't going like I thought it would in my head. I'm going to you guys keep doing this, I'm going to back away. Um, they don't do that. What they do is uh, they move forward and fight through the opposition. So we see God's people here standing firm, resisting the enemy, and uh, moving forward, advancing God's will. And, um, and I think sometimes in our, our personal lives, we can think just surviving the attack is the victory. And I will say this, there are seasons where we just got to hold the ground in what we got. Those of us who have kids know those days come when you're just holding on, looking at your spouse, like, just survive. Just survive today. We just get through today, and we'll be good. But what's, what God's people do is they resist the, ta- the attack, stand firm, they're rooted in prayer, and they go right back to action and labor unto the Lord, uh, which I think is, is awesome. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And we're going to keep rolling with the scripture. I love these next two. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, I don't know if there's anything more comforting than than those verses. I love those verses and knowing who walks beside us through everything. Um, And notice in in the text that no attack actually comes here. There's a lot of fear. There's an option to, to be very fearful of an attack. We understand that. But no attack comes. So I would just, it made me reflect a little bit about myself, and and I would like for you guys to also pray through this as well, is how much time are we giving to fear in our own lives for something that never even comes to fruition? And God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. So when we're really consumed by a fear and something coming, um, I don't believe that's from the Lord, and uh, we need to be in prayer about it, and also maybe tag someone else in and and maybe get some help if, if you need it. Because what fear does is it freezes us. It freezes us from action. And we look at the consequences. If the Jewish people froze from the fear, the wall wouldn't have been built. It's significant. And also, this is what the enemy wants to do is, what fear does is it takes our eyes off the throne, who's in full control of our lives, ruling and reigning in full control, and onto the fear. So our eyes shift to the fear, the problem, and off of the solution. So our eyes need to stay fixed to the solution and trust in him. Um, So keep our eyes up is what I'm trying to say, church. Keep our eyes up. All right, enemy sends his best tack when people are most vulnerable. We see vulnerability in the following verses start to creep in in verse six. And all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. And in verse 10, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. So we see with this verse, there's a lot of really good work that's been done. The wall is built half its height. That's amazing. But we know with how much rubble was there and everything they had to do, they've got to be exhausted. They've got to be exhausted. And the enemy moves when uh, we're exhausted and vulnerable for an attack. So we see that, and then the other vulnerability comes when um, we look at that the wall is half its height. So we celebrate that victory of the work that's been done, but they're still vulnerable to attack. The wall is at half its height. Um, so that's, that's pretty uh, significant as well of uh, understanding, like, this is the time to move for the enemy, and I think the enemy sees that as well. Um, and then verse 12, a, a different kind of angle comes of people trying to pull the Jewish people out of the Lord's will and what the Lord wants, and it comes from family. In verse 12, people from the um, surrounding area, Jews from the surrounding area who lived there, went 10 times, 10 times to try to tell the people, hey, this ain't worth it. This ain't worth it. You guys got to move. I know this is like, oh, the wall looks really cool. You guys did a good work. Um, I'm having dinner at my place. You should probably come, come hang out with me because this, uh, this is a problem. Um, so what does Nehemiah do with all this, this vulnerability, um, fatigue setting in, probably the morale dropping a little bit in the people? Um, he reminds the people of who they get to tag in, who they get to tag in into the situation while uniting them to fight for each other and their families. Verse 14, and I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Church, there's an enemy trying to rip apart our homes, this church, the body that Christ has adopted us into by his stripes, by his blood. The, the devil, it wants to ruin everything, ruin your testimony, and we have to be aware of that, have to be aware of that. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy will set snares, especially when you're most vulnerable and worn down. Um, Men, I'll I'll speak to the men. Whatever that looks like in your life, whether it's getting off work late at night or before work, whatever that is, where's your vulnerability? Identify those, those areas of the wall you need to reinforce. And what does that reinforcement even look like? Be rooted in the word be in prayer, have accountability, brother and sister in Christ, who can check on you, and make sure you're doing okay if you're straying, because um, when we get isolated, that's an uh, easy move for the enemy to, to come snatch us up. And a significant part of, of this as well is we think just resisting, resisting the temptation, resisting the sin is a success for us. It's yes. okay, good, you know, i, I uh, didn't give in there, or I, I slipped up here. I messed up a little bit, but it's just affecting me. But we see Nehemiah call the people. They, he doesn't want to say, "Fight for yourselves. Fight for your family's sake. Fight for your family, th- This battle is much bigger than, than we think. And the enemy, of course, is going to want to think uh, it's just it's just about you. Don't worry about anything else. But w- don't worry about anything else. But believe me, sin will crush an entire family, an entire church. That's that's what the enemy does. Um, So that is kind of the call to to action and how our perspective, um, I think, needs to be of, man, this is so much bigger than us. Um, So we need to fight for our family's sake and for his name's sake, glorify him in everything we do. And um, you may think, all right, great, Jake, what does that even look like? Just keep going through the text and see what the example um, Nehemiah and the Jewish people give us to, to what it's like to be alert, but also laboring, uh, be guarded, and standing firm, but also working. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction, half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail, and the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah, who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other and each of the builder had his sword strapped at his side while he built. So action is taken by Nehemiah and the people. Shovel in one hand, sword in the other, they're working. Um, And yes, they they believe that their God can protect them. Yes, they believe that their God will um, look out and provide for them. But when the eye of the Lord looks on his people, he will see faithful and obedient action taken by his people. Um, And so faith Faith that he's going to do something to protect us, to provide us, to lead us, and guide us. Faith looks like something, and and that's action, and that's what we see um, here. And then there's also a call to action to uh, guard us in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. So we see the example set by Nehemiah taking action, putting on, basically putting on the armor, the sword, everything. They're they're guarding themselves. We see in Ephesians 6 that this isn't just like a cool picture that the Lord just gives us of like, yeah, that's right, we put on the armor, we're ready to fight. No, like we are in a battle. We're in a battle and need this. We need to put on the armor of God daily. Um, so let's got to move on. Verse 19, And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. I love that line. What a leader. What a leader. The, the lines that he has are, are just amazing. Um, and when we're dealing with temptations, trials, persecution, whatever we're walking through, there are two kind of blows of the trumpet that I, I would like us to think about. Is One, and I've already touched on it a little bit, do you have anyone in your life you can blow the trumpet and they can come and, and come alongside you? Um, Men, do you have a brother in Christ who can come alongside you? Or if you're not even mentioning that you're struggling, they know you so well that you're not doing well. Uh, I think it's very critical scripturally as well that we have close accountability. Iron sharpens iron. We need that. And then also, how do we rally as a people? What does rallying look like? This right here, Sunday mornings. We're not just gathering to check something off the list. We're gathering united in the fight where the Lord has us. We're gathering together to worship Him and what He's done in our lives, where we'd be without Him, so we worship and also unite and rally for the fight. Unite and rally for the fight because we are, Scripture, scripture shows us, we are in a fight and we need each other. And the enemy wants to rip this family apart. And uh, we're not going to let that happen, church. Not going to let that happen. Um, and and the, the key, I think, with that is Throughout the week, we're all spread out on the, on the wall. Wherever the Lord has us, whether he's called us to the school to teach, to go back to school, stay at home, take care of kids, go to the military base, whatever that looks like, we're all spread out throughout the week on the wall. And we got, we got to rally together because there's vulnerability. We see Nehemiah say there's vulnerability uh, spread out on the wall. We're all doing good things. We're all working unto the Lord, doing everything unto him. But we, there's a critical piece where we got to, we got to rally and unite together. Um, i'm going to share a a little personal story who remembers 2020 yeah Yeah, sorry i know we probably tried to burn that out of our memories Uh, but we're going back we well we had covid introduced into the u.s did somebody just go woo woo Uh, hopefully not i don't know if i heard that maybe that's a kid Um, and then horrible thing take place in the u.s and protests break out understandably so and I, I'm not, I know people are getting tense. I'm not getting political in any way. Uh, I just, I want to set the tone of um, kind of the backdrop of where I was in 2020. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I was in law enforcement for seven years in Washington, D.C. For six of those years, I worked in uh, Anacostia. And then in 2020, um, I thought going into it, like, oh, this might be a nice break to go, like, near the White House and just be kind of a security guard for a protest. Um, and that quickly turned out not to be true. It was very tiring. Uh, but one morning I go into work. I usually work the night shift. I go in for day work, so I'm thinking, okay, I can get a little bit of rest. Just to let you know, this was, I think, six weeks in of no days off. They canceled all our days off for the whole department. Um, to minimum 12-hour days. It was more like 14 to 16 if you worked the night shift, because things usually got a little hectic. Um, and I receive my assignment right out the gate. I, I, don't, I don't have time to go get my coffee and kind of chill. There, there's already stuff happening. So I'm like, great, I can't get rest. I'm so tired. And I go to this street corner, and I'm standing there, and uh, I'm just kind of holding uh, a street by the White House. And I, just the attack starts coming. The, the usual stuff that doesn't usually bother me. I understand, you know, what takes place. Uh, but I was vulnerable, church. I was really vulnerable. I was really fatigued from the work that I, I had been having to do. And uh, I think the enemy knew that as well, that I was very vulnerable. Um, and the verbal starts start coming. People are coming up to my face and, and saying all sorts of stuff that what they're going to do to my, my family, my wife, my kids, whether they're a boy or girl, they're saying all these things. And I'm struggling with it. I'm really struggling with it. And my goal was all right, Lord. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for each person that comes up. I'm gonna pray for him. I'm gonna pray for him. Pray a prayer of blessing over him. Sounds great. It lasted about two minutes. Um, so I'm not up here to say I'm some great Christian. Lord knows I was struggling. And while this is happening, and I, I'm praying for people, I noticed there's a little lady right to my left. I mean, she couldn't have been taller than five foot. Um, she's probably like 60 years old. Red hair, so very young, um, but red hair just right there. Not not doing anything, and I know she's been there for an hour already, and this is the way I was thinking. I, I remember thinking to myself, like, why are you even here to her? And I was like, just every, I didn't say that, but internally I'm saying this, just everyone go home. Like, we how about we go home, rest, we'll come back tomorrow. We'll do that. Um, and I was a little salty. I was a little frustrated with this woman who's doing nothing, just standing there. So I, I keep trying to pray, keep trying to pray. I can't do it. I hit a, a, a just rock bottom. And I kinda, it kind of gets a little scary because I cry out to the Lord and I say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Where are you? I'm not asking for you next week. I'm not asking for you tomorrow. Where are you right now in this? I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. Seconds after I pray that, this little girl, this little lady... <laughs> Walks up to right in front of me, right in front, within arm's reach. Extends her hand, starts praying over me. Starts praying a prayer of blessing over me. She takes off her little backpack, pulls out a Bible, starts praying scripture over me, starts reading scripture aloud. And I'll say this thank God for COVID because I had a mask and sunglasses because I was a mess. I was a mess. She stood out there for, I think it was over three hours. Didn't move once from right in front of me. Didn't move once. I can't tell you how that changed my life. Uh, We see in Psalm 23 that he walks beside us in the valley, and I went from believing to knowing that our God walks with us in everything we go through. And the beautiful thing is this, that the Lord lined up everything I needed before I even asked for it. She was there before I cried out. Blows my mind, and that's, that's the God we serve, that He's faithful and He cares for His kids. And notice, He didn't deliver me out of the situation. I had to keep going back to work. I had to keep going back. My schedule didn't change. I was still tired. But I tell you what, my days were a whole lot different because I knew the presence of God was with me wherever I went and I can call upon His name. And that changed my life. Changed my life. And I, I, people have asked me, Oh my gosh, Jake, do you think that was an angel Like what It's like I mean, maybe, but you know what I think's even cooler is that this little lady, in her brokenness, was just praying to her Lord whom she loves dearly, and was told, "Hey, go to this street corner on Saturday morning and just wait, just wait." And uh, when I cried out, she receives assignment and just... Stands before and starts ministering to me. It, it blew my mind, and, and that's, that's the name we can call upon, church. That's the name we can call upon. So stand firm, be immovable, trust in the Lord. He's faithful. He is faithful. And when the enemy tries to attack and throw things our way, say saying weak and feeble Christian, say, oh, okay, Hey, I might be weak, but my God shows his strength through my weakness. My God will not let my foot slip. He upholds me with his righteous right hand. He is my shepherd, and he walks with me. I will trust in him all the days of my life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for your children. How much you care. How much you care. It doesn't even make sense to me. But I know it's true. I know it's true. We love you, Lord. You're worthy of everything we have. I pray, Holy Spirit, that um, you would shine lights in, in, in our lives of any area that we're believing lies. And I pray this week, Lord, truth would be spoken over your children, that we'd be rooted in your word and know who we are, who our identity is, and not give way to the enemy, and not give success to them, that we will stand confident in our identity in Christ and what you have done for us. We praise your name and surrender the rest of the day to you. I pray everything we do, Father, this week as we go out into our workplaces, along the wall, wherever that may be, that we would honor and glorify you with everything we do, and we would trust that you will lead and guide us and that you walk beside us.